He is risen. Wow, that was really good. Amen. Good morning, and it's so good to have a full house. Uh, usually we tease about getting here early to get your spot, but uh, this morning, uh, I hope you did get where you wanted to sit, But because someone might be there already if you did it. But we're glad you're here, and uh, just trusting the Lord to help us this morning to uh, celebrate uh, His resurrection. Amen. Let's stand together. Let's just invite the presence of the Lord to come. This is the high holy day of the church. I know much is made about Christmas, but Christmas without Easter just would be any other day. But, but Easter, is, Easter is our risen Lord. Many other false religions have, have uh, leaders who were, had birthdays, the days they were born, but none of the other ones have resurrection days. Father, we worship you this morning, and as we think about this uh, Holy Week, we think about all that, that uh, our Lord went through, the suffering, the, the tears, the, the sweats of blood, the, the prayer and the Gethsemane and the cross, and Lord, we could be overwhelmed by what all that Christ did for us. In fact, Lord, we really oftentimes do just feel overwhelmed at what, what you have done for us. But this morning, we want to just be thankful. We want to celebrate. We're thankful for Jesus. We're thankful for the cross. And we're thankful, Lord, for the blood that washes away every sin stain. But most of all, we're thankful that we serve a risen Savior who walks with us and talks with us and tells us that we are his own. And so this morning, we just come asking that you would be present in our service, that, that you would be present uh, in, in every part, the singing and the preaching and, and, and uh, the prayer time, that, that you would have the preeminence and that it wouldn't just be going through the motions, but Lord, that it would be in our hearts to, to lift up the King of kings and the Lord of lords. For you alone are worthy. We ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Please remain standing. And uh, Brother Dean's coming to lead us in the singing. Let's sing like we're celebrating, all right? <laughs> okay. Get your hymnals and turn to page 257. It's just a reading I'm going to read, and then we're going to sing page 258. He is risen. He has risen indeed. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Mm -hmm. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Christ has indeed raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. For this reason, Christ died and returned to life, so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. Yeah. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, he does. Page Amen. 258.
page 262. You're singing so good, I think I'll just keep you standing. <laughs> page 262. for those that God has blessed with the ability to just say it how I feel it. I don't always have that ability, but that hymn writer just, just nailed it when he said, you ask me how, I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm thankful for that. You know, uh, there's, there's all sorts of uh, 
apologetics and arguments and proofs and uh, arguments for the, the reality of Christ and, and Christianity, the truth of it. But all those things, as wonderful as they are, I'm thankful that I have the testimony, that I have met the Master. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful that I have the testimony, that I spoke with him this morning. I know he lives because I've had a conversation with him. (laughs) Amen. Amen. I don't mean to downplay those other things, but we could have all those those good arguments, but if we don't know it, if we haven't had the experience, oh, we're just missing out. Amen. Well, we want to welcome all of our visitors and guests this, uh, this Sunday, and, and uh, just so good to see uh, the, the sea of color out there. I, I, you know, we were talking about some Easter traditions, and it is just nice to see the sea of color out there, and uh, so just, uh, uh, just exciting. That's one of the nice things, that, uh, one of the things I look forward on Easter Sunday morning is to see all the colors uh, out there. Not that you all don't wear colors the other days, but it just, I don't know, just something about Easter. Um, always enjoy that. As we go to the place of prayer, uh, certainly we have many things to pray about. Um, let's continue to remember Valora. Uh, she's, she calls me many times a week. Let us know that uh, she wants us to keep praying that she'll be able to come back. She misses us. And so let's, let's pray. Let's pray for her and, uh, it's always good to send her a card. Um, her address is on the in uh, in the back, and um, let her know that that you're uh, that you're thinking about her. Let's continue to remember Sister Ruth Gank as she's recovering uh, from uh, uh, knee surgery. Let's remember Joy Cunningham. Let's remember our missionaries this morning. I got to see a picture <coughs> of uh, of the Petersons and their Easter outfits this morning on on Facebook and. Uh, uh, God's helping them, but let's let's remember them. It's uh, it's always hard to be away in the holidays from family. Let's lift them up, and but let's also remember the family that's home, that might be missing them too. Um, sometimes that can be even harder. So let's remember uh, our missionaries and their families. Appreciate if you continue to remember my wife, uh, as most of you learned, uh, uh, heard Wednesday. Uh, we. Uh, um, we're told that uh, she very likely has cancer of the thyroid, and so we're looking at surgery um, probably uh, in June. Uh, they haven't got it scheduled for sure, um, but uh, we're, uh, we're just thankful for all the support we've received, and we just want you to know that. But, um, and we know that God's in control, and we know that. Uh, my wife's mother uh, continues to struggle with uh, her cancer, but... Um, she's, uh, the numbers are all coming back positive. The, the doctors are very pleased with all their, all the reports. So appreciate that. Uh, uh, I think, I can't remember. Does she have five more treatments? I believe it's five more treatments. And, uh, she's looking forward to being done with chemo, as you can imagine. Let's remember the, uh, manners. Let's also remember, uh, the school, uh, and our teachers, the students, Staff, let's let's pray for them. Let's remember, especially our seniors, as uh, they're making decisions. Many of them have already made decisions, but uh, let's let's remember our seniors, especially. But um, also our teachers. Let's remember them. They're probably ready to get rid of those kids. They're probably driving them crazy. 
you know, the kids get at the end of the school year get really rambunctious. And, you know, sometimes the teachers get rambunctious too at the end of the school year. They're ready to be over. So let's remember to remember our students and teachers. Let's re also remember our college students. This is getting to be the crunch time. I know Justin has um, some a couple of t tough tests here uh, that he really needs a uh, touch from the Lord. I, my, I end the semesters here, and that means that I, I think I have about 10,000 words to write in the next two weeks. So I uh, appreciate if you'd remember our, those college students. To remember our nation, leaders, uh, let's remember Brent and Michael. Um, let's remember David Morris, cancer. Let's also remember Stephanie Wesco. Um, let's uh, many, many prayer requests on our, uh, on our bulletin. Are there other needs that you'd like us to remember? All right, let's remember this uh, Sam Western uh, mm -hmm. difficulty there. I'm unsure of the whole details, but God's able to meet his need. Let's remember Gene Ferguson in prayer. Other needs? Let's remember those affected by the bombing. Yes, yes, let's remember those. Other needs this morning? Yes. My oldest brother lost his friend of cancer surgery due to that storm that we just had in Texas. Um, I think it's going to be moved today. All right. Let's let's remember Ron in prayer and the family as they're go going through this and traveling this hard road. Hard road. Anything else this morning? Well, we're told in the scripture, by his stripes we are healed. And uh, as we celebrate Easter, it, it reminds us of the cross and it reminds us of all our Lord went through. But it reminds us also that he has power over every single one of these situations. And uh, as Brother Dean uh, read to us, that, that he who has died cannot die again. Amen. And uh, he's got power over every single one of these requests. So as means that can will, let's kneel before the Lord and let's let's just lift up our petitions before the Lord. Yes. All right. Let's remember, especially the Petersons are driving through the mountains, very muddy, very dark, needing prayer for safety. Father, we worship you this morning. We're thankful that we can bow down before you, knowing that you are in of all things. Thankful that you love us. Thank you that you care for us. Knowing, Lord, that, that, the, that Easter uh, is a testimony not only of your uh, great power, but also of your great love for us. You loved us so much that even death could not hold you. We worship you this morning. Oh, so thankful that you ever found us in our sins. So thankful that you ever found us in our uncleanness. And, and while we were still enemies of God, while we still uh, thought for ourselves and only cared for our own uh, uh, blessings and our own desires, Lord, in the midst of, uh, of all that, you died for us. Oh, we're thankful this morning that, that you died for your, you died, we're willing to die for your enemies. We're thankful for that this morning. 
Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can come to you with every request, so many needs. And, and Lord, we receive this urgent request from uh, uh, Misty, Lord, uh, that Wes is driving through the mountains. Uh, it's muddy, it's dark, it's dangerous, Lord. And, and Father, we ask that you would light the way. We ask that the angels of the Lord would, would encompass the, that vehicle and, and keep them safe. We ask that you give Wes a, 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 a uncommon attention and uncommon uh, reflexes that Lord, that he might be able to uh, steer that, that van in, in the way that it ought to go. Lord, we think of also uh, uh, of, of uh, the families that are home and, and those that are, are Lord, are separated at, at this time. And Lord, the sorrow in that. And, and we just pray for that, that there be an extra touch from you. Lord, we think also of uh, this man, Lord, you know all about his uh, this need. And we ask that. Father, there's a medical situation that he would get the help and the, that he needs. We think of Ron and uh, facing cancer uh, uh, surgery. And Lord, we just ask that you would give the doctors, uh, uh, guide their hands and give them wisdom and direction. And, oh, Father, we think of the many requests. And, and Lord, uh, you know how each one, you know about Dean Ferguson, Lord. And, and Father, we ask that you would just touch and minister to him. We, Lord, we worship you because you're able, Lord, and because you've shown that you've cared for us. And, and Father, we think of, of my mother-in-law and, and, Lord, others that have cancer, Joy Cunningham, and others, the Father, that are facing this difficult uh, uh, situation, the Lord, and this difficult diagnosis. But, but Lord, these things are not beyond your ability, and so we just put them into your hands, knowing that you do all things well. Father, we, we ask that you would meet the needs of, of uh, the school. Lord, you, we know that they've had a rough time with it financially this year. We just ask that you would continue to help them. And, and uh, Father, you know also uh, about Sister Ruth and her knee. And we pray also for those that are struggling uh, spiritually, Lord, and those that need your guidance and your wisdom, those that, that are need to answer the, uh, the beckoning of the Holy Spirit, and, Lord, to, to turn over their lives to you. Father, we give you this service. We give you every every unspoken request, every concern, every situation. Lord, we put them into your hands, asking, Lord, that you would do what is right. And, and Lord, uh, in it, certainly we have our ideas, but, Lord, we know that you do all things well. And so this morning we put our trust and our confidence in you, for we know that you cannot fail. We ask these things in your precious, perfect name. It's time to take up our morning expense offering. If the ushers will come, we'll be singing page 253. 253.
Thank you so much for your giving, and I really enjoyed your all singing. Want to uh, let you know that we want you back tonight. Uh, we are we're not going to be having a regular service. We're going to be having a singspiration and different ones with uh, various talent. Uh, we'll be uh, participating in that, and uh, if you're afraid you're going to get roped in, um, don't worry about that. I believe uh, Brother Alex has uh, roped all the people in he plans to. So, but oh, he kind of shook his shoulders. So he took away my. Uh, but uh, anyhow, we want we'd love for you to come. You're invited and. Uh, I really enjoyed it last year. I thought it was a good time together, and I would encourage you to uh, to be here for that. Um, baccalaureate service for LCHS will be May 5th. The Sunday evening service will be shortened so people can attend. So in other words, they'll just be preaching. No, no. <laughs> uh, uh, the fishing derby is June the 1st, and if you'd like to know how you can help for that, uh, Brother Jimmy's in charge, and... Uh, He's going to need lots of help. That is a big job. You can't do it by yourself. So let's, uh, let's get in there and help if we can. Uh, our graduation celebration dinner uh, will be the second. And uh, our graduates are Reagan, Sarah, Larissa, and Cameron. So uh, looking forward for that. And so if you're not sure if you're a visitor, what that all is, is, is uh, after Sunday we uh, service, we go over to the Fellowship Hall, have a dinner, and and uh, uh, gifts and so forth for, for our graduates. And so uh, certainly looking forward uh, to that time together. All right. We just want to again express how much we appreciate our visitors come, being with us this morning. Trust that uh, you will sense the Lord's presence and touch uh, this morning. At this time, um, we have a, looks like a men's quartet. And so, no? Trio, you have four people on here, so. <laughs> Some of us don't know how to count, but I'm not sure which one it is. So anyways, we'll, at, we'll invite the fellows to come and uh, sing as the, unto the Lord.
God, Messiah, oh, for sinners slain. Thank you, oh, my Father, for giving us your Son and leaving your Spirit till the work on earth is done. When I stand in glory, I will see his face. There I'll serve my King forever in that holy place. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciated that. Good song. Beautiful. Well done. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. Perhaps, uh, perhaps a strange thing to go back to Isaiah for the resurrection. And, uh, and honestly, this morning, I think that... Um, we're really going to be looking at, uh, or at least the scriptures that we're looking at are certainly scriptures of, of the cross, the, the um, foretelling of what our Lord will suffer. Um, but I, I believe that, I believe the Lord will help us to get to the resurrection, all right? So if you're concerned we're going to be preaching Good Friday on, on Easter Sunday morning, we'll, we'll get there, all right? So I invite you to stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Isaiah 53, who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, 
and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, but he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked, and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Lord, as we think and meditate on the words of Isaiah this morning, we realize how great our Lord is and how blind we can be. We just ask this morning that you would open our eyes that we might see. Help us, Lord, to rightly divide the word of truth this morning. Help us to lift up the name of Jesus. May you be glorified and honored in it. In your precious name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I have to be honest this morning. This is new and it's in my way. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. I didn't think ahead about I should have come down that side. <laughs> I like it. It's beautiful. I'm not criticizing that. If I were honest with you this morning... This week, as, as I was preparing for Easter, I told the Lord, I really don't feel like celebrating. Uh, it's been a rough week. It's been a long week, a busy week, difficult for us. And, uh, and I said this to the Lord as, as I was trying to think and pray about what we should preach. Uh, this morning, I said, it's really hard to celebrate the resurrection when it feels like Good Friday in my heart. And I, I'll be, uh, I'm thrilled this morning that God has given me a heart of celebration for this morning. I'm thankful that, that as the day has come that, that God has lifted uh, some of that load, but he didn't do that for the sermon prep. <laughs> and uh, you may find this hard to believe, but you know... Uh, a pastor's emotions get caught up in their sermon preparation. And it can be hard sometimes to see through uh, the cloud to be able to know what God would have us to, to preach. And, and this week was very much like that. And as I was just honest with God, and I, and I really believe that's one of the most important things that we need to do is just be honest with God. Not, not put on mask, not, not try to be better than we are, not trying to hide our emotions and our disappointments and griefs and so forth, but as we are honest with God, God can be honest with us. 
And as I began to think about just this, this feeling of not feeling like celebrating, the Holy Spirit came along and whispered, you know on that first resurrection morning, there were many who didn't feel like celebrating, don't you? And so this morning, I would just like to talk to those of us that are here that perhaps we don't feel ready to celebrate. Maybe this morning you've come in with a heavy heart. Maybe this morning you've come in and uh, you don't quite feel like all of the celebrating that's going on and even the singing and so forth. You just kind of sat there and you're just kind of struggling this morning. I'd like to share with you some of those on that first resurrection morning that didn't feel like celebrating. The first one that comes to mind may surprise you, but Peter did not feel like celebrating that first Sunday morning. He, he denied the Lord on Friday. He had boasted and said that everyone else could fail, everyone else could, could uh, be a disappointment to the Lord, but, but not me, Lord. Not me. I'm, I'm Peter. I'll be brave. I'll be, I'll be true. When everybody else is running away, I'll stand by you. And you know what? For a few moments, he was. For a few moments, when, the, when the, the temple guard came, he pulled his sword. He, he didn't know what he was doing. He's a fisherman, not a soldier. And he goes to attack the, the guard, and he gets an ear instead of the head. Peter, I need a little more practice with this swordsmanship. <laughs> And of course, we know the story. Jesus heals the ear, but the disciples flee, and Peter flees too. I don't blame him. To be honest with you this morning, I don't blame the disciples for fleeing. They didn't want to get arrested. They didn't want to, they didn't want to die. Sometimes fight or flight takes over. Peter tried fighting. That didn't work, and so it was time to run. They took off. Left Jesus alone. But you know the story. Jesus, uh, Peter's, Peter doesn't want to betray the Lord. He doesn't, he doesn't want to be far away from, from his master. He's, in, in fact, he's, he's one of the bravest of the disciples, really. He shows up. I believe the only one that, that's braver is perhaps John, who actually gets all the way to the cross. But Peter's there, and he's warming himself by the fire, and, you know, he stood up to temple guard, he stood up to soldiers, but now the Bible tells us a little maid. I wonder if she was maybe 12, 13 years old. She's just a little girl. And you know, it's one thing to face down swords and spears, it's another thing to face down the pressure of your peers, and all these people are gathered around. Sure. You're one of them, aren't you? No, not me. And three times, to the point of bringing down curses. Now, it wasn't swear words. He's saying, if I am, you know, I, I swear on my mother's grave, and all those, you know, those things that people say that 
Is, uh, if I am, may God strike me dead. Those kind of things. It's probably what, what Peter's saying. And I heard the cock crow. And thank God for the cock crow. It reminded Peter of his broken promise. It reminded Peter of what Jesus had said. And that convicted his heart. I don't know how Peter spent Saturday. Seems like he's with the disciples. It seems that he's still hanging out with them. I don't know if they went to temple or not. It's the Passover. It, they should have been the temple. There, that's where they belong. But I have a suspicion that the disciples were hiding instead of worshiping. Maybe some of them were brave enough to slip in with the crowd, figuring with all the people that would be there for the Passover. This is a big day of celebrating for the Jewish people. And how do you, how do you celebrate when you're broken inside, when the, when the one that you thought was the Messiah is dead and all your dreams are, are broken to pieces? I don't know how they worshipped that Saturday. I don't know how they got through the day. I really don't believe there was any celebrating going on. And I think that has to be hard as they're hearing the others celebrating. And they can't, and Peter can't. Do you know the story? The ladies show up at the tomb, and there's a man there, an angel in white linen, who says to the ladies that he is not here. He is risen. And then it says, go tell my disciples and Peter. Peter's disobedience has disqualified him from being a disciple. And so they run, the ladies run and tell the disciples, and, and John and Peter, they're the ones that run to the tomb and find it empty. But what's interesting is Mark tells us that they still didn't believe the resurrection. They still didn't believe at that point. But I wonder what it must have been like for Peter as he's running towards the tomb. How do I face him? If it's true, how do I face him? I told him I wouldn't fail. I told him that, that, I, wouldn't, that I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be one to, to run away. And not only did I run away, but he said I'd deny him. And I did. I denied him. How do I face him? How do I do that? And perhaps you've come this, this morning to church and you have mistakes of your past and sins and of your past and things that would come and, and cloud your celebrating of Easter. You're here and we're glad that you are, but really you're on the outside looking in and you know it. If it were East, that first Easter, it would be tell my disciples in your name. And do you know why it would be in your name? Because Jesus came for you too. Jesus came for you too. Peter and Jesus would end up having a, a long conversation on the shore. There would be a reconciliation and a profession of Jesus' love for, uh, uh, for Peter and Peter's love for, for Jesus. 
And there'd be a commissioning that Peter was to feed his sheep. Be a call for him to be obedient. In the early 1900s, Thomas Edison, in his 60s, suffered terrible tragedy. One of his um, facilities had a terrible fire. They lost a million dollars worth of equipment. That's hard to do in your 60s. And as he, as he surveyed the damage, he said there's one good thing about a disaster. He says the fire burns up all of our mistakes. But this morning I want you to know that it's not fire that will take care of your sins and your mistakes. But it's the blood of Jesus that was shed. And you don't have to wait for a disaster to come to him. And you don't have to wait for a tragedy. And you don't have to reach rock bottom. And so many people talk about people having to reach rock bottom. But you don't have to get to that place. The Lord is saying to you this morning, tell my disciples and your name. And your name. Peter didn't feel like celebrating because of his denial. But not only Peter, but another disciple that wasn't interested in celebrating on that first resurrection was Thomas. Thomas didn't show up. He wasn't a part. I don't know where Thomas was. He wasn't with the disciples. Maybe he thought, you know, I'm not going to hang out with these guys. If, if they are, come and arrest this group, I won't be there. I mean, if you're going to hide out from the authorities, you shouldn't be hiding out together and get all caught together. It's better to separate. I don't know. I, we, the Bible doesn't tell us why Thomas wasn't with them. But Thomas isn't hanging out with the disciples. Maybe Thomas has said, you know, this thing failed. We tried and we thought we knew, but we don't. And says, I'm just not going to, I'm just not, I'm, it's time to move on. I don't know what Thomas was thinking. We all have different personalities. We all deal with disappointments differently. And so Thomas is, Thomas is just on his own. The others get to see Jesus, but not Thomas. Thomas does not get to see Jesus at all on Resurrection Day. The disciples come, they find Thomas, they say, Thomas, he's alive, he's alive. And you know what Thomas said, you know what? Jesus warned us about false people and, and, uh, you know, and people coming in his name and, and all that stuff. He says, I'm not going to believe until I can put my hands in, in the prints of it in his hands and, and put my hand in his side. And for that, we've called him Doubting Thomas. And I think that's a little unfair, especially considering that he'll become one of the greatest missionaries for Christ and that he would give his life for our Lord. In fact, as you read about Thomas in, in, in other passages in the, in the Gospels, you find a man who was very, very willing to do whatever it took to stand beside Christ, was even willing to die for him, even even before Lazarus was raised from the dead. Thomas was one who, who had a strong belief, but, but he wasn't going to be pulled in by the others. He wasn't going to be fooled. 
And certainly there's unbelief there. Certainly there's, there's things that he didn't understand. And, and he had doubts. And the Bible tells us that for an entire week, Thomas lived with his doubts. And perhaps you've come this morning with your doubts. Maybe you're, you're not in Peter's situation. You haven't, you're not, you haven't maybe sinned, but, but this morning you've come and you've got some real doubts. You've got some real questions. I read a story of a man who escaped, I believe it was in 2001, from Korea. I can never say it, Kriosha. Yeah, I'm not even saying it right. But anyways... He escaped from there as a refugee with his wife and children, escaped to Australia. And as he's there in Australia, his wife left him, and he got no custody at all of the kids. She got 100%. And then shortly after that, he finds out that 24 members of his family that are still back home were killed, including a four-month-old niece. And he went to, I believe it was an Anglican priest, but he's, he said to him, he says, you know what? He says, I believe God has put a big old sign that says, gone fishing, and he's left us with our bloody mess. Does he believe in God? Yes, he believes in God, but he believes that God doesn't care anymore. And maybe you're tempted to feel that way. Maybe you've got some things that you're wondering why God's allowed this and why God's allowed that in your life. And, and man, God doesn't make sense right now. And, and man, if God would just do what we'd want him to do. And, and you know, it's, it's difficult. And, that, and even this week, I've said to, I said to someone, I said, God's ways are so much higher than ours, but I wish so badly that he'd let us in on it. Some, just sometimes let us in on it. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I understand that, that his, his ways are so much higher that, that the foolishness of, uh, uh, it seems like foolishness to us, but at least let me in on it. But God doesn't do that. Very rarely does he let us in on it. He doesn't let us see the plan from the beginning. Oftentimes, it's years down the road, we look back and we say, I get it. I see what God was doing there. And sometimes we never get it. There's some things that God has allowed in my life, some things that he's permitted that to this day, I can't say why he allowed it. I can see no good. I can see no benefit or blessing to it. And if, if, you're, if I'm just honest with you this morning, there are some parts of God's plan that even decades later, I just look and say, I don't get it. And maybe this morning you've come on Resurrection Sunday and you've brought your doubts with you and you feel a little bit like Thomas. I want to tell you something. If you'll keep trusting in him in spite of your doubts, he will make himself known to you. Jesus showed up to Thomas. He showed up and he says, come on, Thomas, come on, put your fingers in right here. Put your hand in my side. Here, I'm going to open my robe up. Here, you, you put your hand right here. I want you to see. And Thomas does something that happens nowhere else in Scripture. 
The only time in all of Scripture, as far as I can tell, that someone declares Jesus as my God is Thomas's profession of faith right here. Other places, there's qualifications. There's other places that, that, that of course, reveal that, he, that Jesus is God. But, but for a person to make a declaration of my Lord and my God, Thomas is the only one to do that. Others have called him the Messiah. Peter got that. But for the very first time, for the very first time, Thomas declares Jesus to be God. Wow. And what I want to tell you this morning is if you've brought your doubts with you and it's keeping you from celebrating Easter the way that you'd like to, I just want you to know that if you'll hold on, Jesus will reveal himself to you in such a way that you will also exclaim, my Lord and my God. That your faith will take hold in spite of the circumstances, in spite of the doubts, in spite of all the evidence to the contrary, your faith will take hold so long as you keep true, in spite of the doubts. I thank God that he came for those that deny the Lord, that, that have walked away from him. I'm thankful that he comes for the backslider. I'm glad he comes for the doubters. But also he comes for those that were on the road to Emmaus. Luke tells us that they had heard the, the testimony of the women. They had heard the testimony of Peter and John that they had went to the tomb and found it empty. And they weren't celebrating. Luke says they were sad. They were sad. What? <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. You've heard the testimony of the women. You, you, you heard about the angels. You, you, you've heard the testimony from Peter and John. And, and what are you doing being sad? But you see, for those two disciples, they were full of disappointment. You see, Jesus hadn't revealed himself yet. And they're not sure what's going on. Did those women have an hallucination? And I understand I'm speaking for the disciples, not myself here. They are just women. In, in those days, in those days, a woman could not be a witness in a court trial. I'm not speaking for myself. I just want to be clear. I'm going to have things thrown at me. Testimony of a woman would not stand up, in, those women would not stand up in court. <coughs> I love how the Lord does that. He, you remember that he sent the angels at his birth to the shepherds who also weren't allowed to testify in court. Our Lord loves to take our society and our, and our little ideas about things and flip them upside down. Really, I think right side up. Just kind of a neat parallel that at birth, the shepherds who have no testimony and at his resurrection, the women who have no testimony that God just reveals it to them, both with angels. Just does something for me this morning. 
that's a little extra. I won't charge you anything extra for that. <laughs> but they're sad. I don't know altogether why they're sad. I, uh, Jesus, when he shows up, and of course they don't know he's Jesus, he, he reveals that they're, that they're unbelieving. They should already know better. Jesus said that he was going to die and be resurrected. They should have known that. They've had the testimony of these women and the testimony of, of Peter and John, who, by the way, they don't believe yet either. Someone stolen the body, someone playing an elaborate ruse. I think it's interesting that the scripture, I believe it's Mark, who says that it's a, a man clothed in white linen, doesn't even use the word angel. Maybe they didn't realize it was an angel. Oftentimes in Scripture, angels show up looking and appearing to be just common, ordinary people. Hebrews would tell us that we ought to have strangers in our homes because by doing so, sometimes we've entertained angels unawares. I'm afraid very few of us can even hope that that's happened because we don't do that anymore. I don't know what's going on in, these, in the minds of these two travelers. But I know there's unbelief, and I know there's skepticism, and I know there's got to be wonder about who took the body. And maybe mixed in the middle of all that is a little bit of hope that it's true. But Luke is very clear. They're sad. They're disappointed. They didn't get to see an angel. They didn't see an empty tomb. They're really confused. And they take that trip to Emmaus. And their heads are low. Their hearts are broken. And they're just disappointed. And maybe this morning that's you. Maybe it isn't that you have denied the Lord. And maybe it isn't that you don't feel like celebrating because you have doubts. It's just that God hasn't, hasn't done what you wanted him to do. Or you just don't know this morning what to do with your disappointments. Maybe it's church people who have disappointed you. You know, we're really good at that because we're people. And as much as we love the Lord and as much as we strive to please God and try to love others, we're people and we can be a disappointment. I'm sure there's been people I've disappointed and I hate for that to be true, but, it's, but it is true. And so as, disappoint, as we're disappointed maybe with, with God, maybe we're disappointed with God's people, maybe we're disappointed with life, didn't go the way that we hoped and we, we dreamed, maybe you've gotten to, to middle age and you're wondering, what have I done with my life? My life's a disappointment. This isn't what I planned when I was in high school. This isn't what I planned when I was in college. And you're just full of disappointments. I want you to know that Jesus has come to walk beside you. And here's the thing. You may not even recognize it's him. You may not even recognize he's walking with you, but he is nonetheless. Lord, open our eyes that we can see. 
they would go all the way to the home. They'd have a meal, and Jesus would break the bread, and their eyes would be open. They would recognize him, and they would say this, didn't our hearts burn within us? Didn't we, didn't we feel something? Shouldn't we have known? And I suppose that there comes a point when, when God shows us his perfect plan that perhaps we say we should have known but I want you to know in the midst of your disappointment that Jesus is walking with you too. When Jesus died on the cross, the Bible tells us that in the temple, in the holy of holy place, that there was a veil. That veil was, was very important. It, it separated the holy place where the priest could go and the holy of holy place where only the high priest could go one time a year. That priest, that high priest, that as he would make his way there, he would put on special clothes. On his robe there would be bells that those that were on the outside, those priests that were there in the holy place, they would be listening for the ringing of those bells. And if that high priest was not holy... God would strike him dead. And they were listening for the stoppage of the bells. Of course, if the high priests were killed, they couldn't go in there after the body. And so they had a rope tied around his ankle. How would you like to have to go in there under those circumstances? I'm, I'm not sure I would be volunteering to be high priest. But when Jesus died, he tore that in two. And he says, you know what? You don't have to be perfect. And you don't have to have it all together. And you don't have to have every doubt answered. And you don't have to have every uh, sin uh, taken care of. You don't have to, you don't have, to have every uh, disappointment figured out. You don't have to put on a show. You can enter in. You're welcome into the Holy of Holies. You can come on in. There's an invitation for you and for me. In our woundedness and in our shame and in our brokenness. Because Jesus was wounded too. He, was, he bore our shame for us. And he says, you can bring your shame on in here because I've already borne your shame. Oh, I'm thankful this morning. I'm thankful whether you feel like celebrating the resurrection or not, that the invitation is come, whosoever will, with all of your stuff and all of your baggage and all of the things that, that we want to keep covered up and hidden away. God just says to us, the resurrection is about inviting you in. Inviting you in. So whether you're celebrating this morning or whether you've come with your baggage, Jesus has given us each an invitation. Come and join me in the holy place. Let's stand together. Jesus, I thank you for your power and your resurrection. Thankful that you're raised from the dead, but this morning I'm thankful that whosoever will may come. I'm thankful, Lord, that we don't have to have it all figured out. Thankful, Lord, we don't have to be perfect. 
Thankful, Lord, that we, that we can bring our sin and our shame and our wounds and our disappointments and all of our junk, and we can just bring it right into the Holy of Holies, and you embrace us as brother and friend. And so this morning, Lord, if there's any that are here that are not uh, in the mood to celebrate, I ask that you would meet them where they are. Join them on the road to Emmaus. Join them in the, in the room lot behind closed doors. Wherever they may be, may they hear your call that you've said their name and you've called them to yourself. For that is the story, that is the message of the resurrection that you've come for each and every one of us in the midst of our mess. We're thankful for that. Be with us as we go our separate ways and may you be glorified in each of our lives. We ask these things in your precious name. Amen.